Welcome to the VMOX Road to Mobile Victory podcast. Enterprise mobility is bigger and more complicated than ever. In this series, we'll talk about the latest trends, inspiring success stories, and simple and effective tips for managing your corporate mobile assets, expenses, and services. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Andrea Leiby, Director of Marketing at VMOX. In today's episode, we're going to talk about corporate mobile device management policies, why it's important for companies to establish rules on how devices are being used and secured, and the common mistakes that we see clients make. We'll also chat about enforcement and how you can successfully globalize and scale. Joining me today is Ben Kreese, VMOX Director of Client Experience, and Paul Krauser, Director of Business Intelligence and Data Management. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Good to be here. So as repeat guests, both of you, you know I like to begin with a fun question so our listeners can get to know you. This one's a great one today. April Fool's is coming up. Uh, have you ever pranked any of your coworkers at the office? Serious but fun question. So I'm a bit concerned to answer it in case I'm uh, <laughs> implicating myself somehow. Um, and I'm looking forward to Paul's answer because I think he's a, he strikes me as a trickster, mm, a jokester. Yes. Um, but uh, I guess I think about a company I worked for about 10 years ago. And, um, you know, most companies have policies around if you walk away from your desk, you lock your computer. I think yes, that's pretty standard yes. stuff. Most companies have, you know, certainly we do at VMOX. Um, and at this company, it was it was considered fair game if someone didn't lock their computer and walked away to, to mess with their computer. And I think the number one um, thing people would do would, would be invert the screen. You know, there's a shortcut keys on the keyboard that causes screens to flip. And, um, and so people would go around and flip people's screens. And, and of course, if you know what those shortcut keys are, it's really easy to fix it. But if you don't, and turns out a lot of people don't, <laughs> then um, it, it's very frustrating. And I've saw many people get very frustrated with their screens being upside down. Um, and then the other thing people would do would be, you know, jump into that person's email. You know, they've left their computer unlocked, go and jump into their email and fire off an email to the whole oh. office offering, offering to make drinks, you know, offering to make cups of tea. Cause of course I'm in the UK, cups of tea. And, um, and the managing director was pretty good at enforcing that. It meant, you know, the person whose email was uh, used had to then actually make drinks for the whole office. <laughs> so a um, bit of fun there. That's awesome. I knew you one of those emails. Love some tea. <laughs> I know, I know. So we, we had similar at, at one of my last companies where we were in the office and, uh, you know, it was a running theme where it kind of progressively got worse amongst the team. Beginning, it was pretty innocent stuff, maybe um, putting scotch tape under the mouse where it was kind of frustrating. People could sit there mm. for a while not knowing why their mouse wasn't working, plug it in, plug, unplug it and it didn't work. Uh, but then eventually grew to the point where at one point, one of our employees came in and their entire desk, chair and computer were all wrapped in wrapping paper. So that was a <laughs> a pretty fun, interesting uh, event. I think they actually did that on one of the office episodes, if I recall correctly. So. Yeah. 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 I remember that one. Oh, that's good. So mine is, is my husband and I met at long ago at another company. And obviously he would be the perfect target for a prank then. Um, I had a friend take him to lunch. And while he was gone, I hit all the icons on his desktop and replaced his background with a screenshot. So it looked like he had his icons. I'm not kidding you. He spent over a half an hour to 45 minutes clicking, swearing, restarting, <laughs> doing everything that you could think of, could not figure it out. He shut down his computer like five times. He finally just got so frustrated that he just unplugged his entire computer and walked down to the IT department and was, I could hear him in there going, I don't know what's wrong. I, I can't figure it out. So it was very funny to watch. And it's one of our lovely stories from when we first met. So 
And he still married you. <laughs> and he still married me. And we're still married. I know. It's kind of shocking. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, let's kick this one off. Uh, you know, teams today are juggling the day-to-day demands that come with managing their network and equipment and users along with trying to control their spend, right? So it's got to be foc- you know, really hard to focus and, you know, determine what is important, what's not, what's urgent, what's not. You know, Ben and Paul, how critical do you think it is to develop a sound device management policy today? You know, what's the point? Why should people put the effort into it? Ben, did you want to kick this off? Sure, I'd, I'd love to. So I always think about policies being really the cornerstone of any mobility program, and especially if you're doing a global mobility program in a large enterprise where it's, it's really complex. And I guess I think about it this way, that if, you know, I said to both of you, Paul, Andrea, um, you need to build a mobility program for your company. It's, you've never had one before, perhaps, and um, you need to start somewhere. And here's a blank piece of paper. Go and go and start building that program. You're going to sit there with your blank piece of paper and you're going to think about what are the questions we need to answer. And, yeah. you know, the first, of, the first of those is probably, well, why would we be giving our employees mobile devices? What's the business objective we're trying to achieve? And then you start to think about sort of follow-on questions to that, you know, okay, we've, uh, we've define the business objective now how do we achieve that objective and you start to think about well so who gets a device what device do they get um how many devices could somebody have if paul wants five Mm. devices he wants a wearable and a smartphone and a tablet and so forth does he get those um how should they use those devices should they be allowed to use them for travel or personal usage do we allow people to port their personal phone number into the corporate fleet and or take numbers out there's lots of questions you would start asking yourself as you look at that blank piece of paper for your mobile program and then downstream of that, as you would go and think about negotiating for carrier contracts or looking at hardware suppliers or looking at security software like MDM solutions, all of those things would be guided by those initial questions you'd answered, those things that you'd set out you know, early in the program. And all those things I talked about, all those questions, they're really things that live and should belong in your policy. They should be things that you're defining very clearly and very concisely in a policy. So, you know, for me, as I say, it's really the cornerstone of your whole mobility program. Define everything about what you want people to do, how you want to use these devices, what you're trying to achieve. And then that drives, as I say, all those downstream impacts. So I really do see it as a critical part of, uh, of any mobility program. Yeah, that's true. Paul, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think first, I mean, for, foremost, I, uh, Ben, well, I appreciate it. I don't think I want five devices. So let's uh, make sure that doesn't happen. I can, I can barely <laughs> handle the one. Um, but in short, I think it's, as Ben said, it's a really critical part of the decision in, in your business. So, um, you know, these devices are essential tools for communication, productivity, collaboration with your business. And, but, and, but they also represent a significant threat to your environment if they're not managed appropriately. And so making sure that you have good policies and regulations around how the devices are used, why they're used, why they're compliant with the MDMs and applications like that is, is really important. So having a, a sound policy has been vetted up against your IT security policies, against your usage and financial policies are, are really important to maintain stability and, and really keep a program that makes sense and is financially viable. So some of our listeners might be starting from scratch regarding their policy, right? They have nothing. They're at ground zero. Others may be looking to maybe give their policy a post-pandemic refresh. Ben, based on your experience kind of over the last two decades working with clients, what do you think are those hallmarks or characteristics of a good policy? You know, what are some of those must-have items that people need to include? Yeah, it's it's a great question. And 
whilst there's key elements that are going to exist in every policy, and there's a lot of best practice that we can, of course, share and, and we'll get to in a moment, there is no one-size-fits-all policy and the policy needs to be tailored to the business and and really what we talked about earlier about reflecting on those business objectives why are you um, rolling out mobility program why are you providing the policy what are you trying to achieve and, and there'll be many different flavors of that there'll be a focus around cost and cost savings there'll be a focus around security and you know how do you protect you know your employees your company and your potentially your clients data uh, there'll be pieces around employee experience um, and actually safety one that often gets overlooked mm. but safety is often a focus of policies because you know if you're in a industry where you've got people traveling or doing dangerous jobs potentially um, you need to think about the safety element and making sure the policy uh, is fit for purpose there and you know, to give a couple of examples of this, I'm working with a couple of different customers right now on their policies, and they've got very different objectives. So one of the customers I'm talking to at the moment is very focused on cost savings, and they're revamping their policy in, in kind of that post-COVID revamp um, effort. They're doing that very much to drive cost savings. And so they're looking at who's eligible for a mobile device and starting to tighten up a little bit on who's eligible to get mobile devices. And they're looking at the approval process. And adding extra steps to the approval process and making sure the people approving for the cost are the people who own the cost centers, own the actual budgets. So they're doing focus there to tweak the overall spend and to um, you know, focus on cost savings. On the flip side of that, I've got another customer really at the opposite end of the spectrum where the cost is, is very little concern to them. It's really around employee experience and empowering their employees, making sure that they've got the latest tech, the latest uh, equipment. Um, you know, they're focused on employee retention and in a very... Um, competitive industry so mm. it's more around employee experience so there is big differences there and, and what your company's trying to achieve will drive the content of the policy but there's certainly topics that i would consider best practice to be in in every policy and and that'll be things around what devices and uh, refresh cycles and approvals and things around you know what happens if a device is lost or stolen all of that has a home in the policy but also pieces around usage expectations and um Often that gets overlooked. They don't really think about usage, but um, that will drive a lot of cost mm. and, and the policy should drive a lot of behavior around that. So, you know, can they use their phone while traveling? Can they use their phone for personal um, for personal business? Um, can they um, use as much data as they'd like? Or do you want to put expectations around how much data or how much voice they should be using? And if you don't set those expectations and you don't set clear boundaries, your users will assume it's all you can eat and they will yeah. go and eat all they can. And, and ultimately that will drive up your costs, no matter how well you um, negotiate a carrier contract or the best plans you can get. If the users go crazy, it will drive up costs. Um, so there's lots of things to think about there. As I mentioned, there's also things around safety that you should include in your policy. Um, again, an area that often gets overlooked is use of mobile devices while driving. Mm, good point. Um, and of course, different countries and, and you know somewhere like the US with different states will have different laws about using a mobile device. But you as a company should have a policy around how to use mobile devices when driving. And in general, that should be um, pretty strong discouragement of using it. Um, so Lots of things to think about. Another area would be bring your own. Um, can you, do you let users bring their own device or bring their own line? Um, do you let users put company emails on a personal mobile device and, and so forth? So lots of things that should go into it. As I say, no one size fits all, but certainly lots of, uh, lots of best practice. Yeah, that's all good advice. So, you know, you've set your mobility goals, as you talked about. You've created this foundation for a great device management policy. Now you've got this pressure to really make sure it's followed, right? And so this question is for the both of you. You know, what are some tips you have for teams to ensure compliance? You know, 
I imagine some of our listeners, again, are managing these assets and expenses and users, not only here, maybe in the US, but across into other countries um, where they have different rules and laws and let, you know regulations. How do you then take those policies across borders and make sure that you have global compliance? You know, where, where do you start, Paul? I think, I think it's a great question. And really, uh, you can build as many rules as you want and regulations and policies, but at the end of the day, it comes down to how are you enforcing them? How are you holding your users accountable? And, and what type of information do you have to really identify exceptions, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And so the, I think a lot of it comes down to first having a, a vendor, preferably VMOX in place to help you really identify those exceptions where people are going beyond those policies and rules. Um, and that includes things like reporting, visibility from things like your MDM on devices that may be out of compliance or out of date or no longer enrolled in your uh, MDM as a whole. Um, or, you know, reporting on usage. I, I think Ben brought up several examples on usage and charges where um, individuals may be going outside of what's considered appropriate use, identifying those exceptions and working with um, managers or users themselves to resolve them. You know, one of the things that I say about MMS in general is that you can build as many policies and rules and, and guidelines as you want, but really what it comes down to, it has to be um, ingrained in the culture of the company if you want to enforce compliance. So, you know, your managers have to be on board with it and, and enforce that policy and make sure that when reporting comes across, they're talking to the users about, hey, I noticed you were, you know, used 75 gigabytes last month and looking at trends. A lot of it was on Saturdays or you took your device to mm. Europe and, and racked up a $3,000 roaming charge, right? That's something that we shouldn't do. Yeah. Here's the way to handle those exceptions or making sure that when the user receives the device, they're aware of those those rules and regulations to enforce policy. And then reporting on the back end can help um, identify and, and provide some coaching to the users on, on how they should handle those um, those exceptions. That's good. Ben, did you have some thoughts? Yeah, I think Paul's hit it really well. And, and the point about culture and visibility, I think, is, is a really key one to um, to think about there. And as Paul was talking, it reminded me of a conversation I had with a customer a few weeks ago about their policy. And their policy stated that when a user got a new phone, they upgraded to the new phone, um, that they would return their old phone and then that would you know go back to be you know, cleaned and securely mm -hmm. wiped and all the company data taken off and then it would be recycled and disposed off. That was what the policy said. But the culture of the business was one where the users kind of got to do what they liked and a lot of them would go down the route of getting a new device and then saying, can you unlock my old device? I want to give it to my son, my daughter, my wife, whoever. Mm. Um, and so actually the return rate on devices is really low because a lot of the senior employees would just say, yeah, we're going to keep these, these you know, still pretty new iPhones or whatever and give it to a, a family member. And so, you know, that's a great example, I think, of where, you know, culture and policy and, and with a lack of enforcement, um, you start to, you know, see that to Paul's point, the policy's really not doing anything for the business. Um, and so I do think, you know, to Paul's point, the visibility and the enforcement is key and having the tools to support that. And, and you know, VMOX, obviously, we're in the business of management mobility software and we have tools and there's, of course, other companies that do as well that really help this by building automation into processes to try and ensure that policies are followed so that users really can't break outside of, of what the policies are defined as. Um, and then you had a point, Andrea, about kind of international and, mm -hmm. and I guess just to talk about that for a moment. So... Obviously, policies should be as generic as they can be to, to meet the needs of your global employee base, but still have to meet local requirements. And 
And one that's always high in my mind here in Europe is there's many countries in Europe that have built into law what's known as the right to disconnect. So an employee has the right to disconnect from work and, and really pioneered in France. And probably mm-hmm. when you think of the right to disconnect, most people think about France, but it, they're not the only country in Europe. Um, and so your policies need to reflect that. You need to, uh, in some ways, enforce that uh, right to disconnect on your employees. Um, and I've known companies who have you know, literally set their email servers to not deliver emails mm. outside of uh, business hours. Um, and back in the days of BlackBerry, servers which are you know, probably long gone now but uh, i remember companies would um, switch off their blackberry servers or down their blackberry servers so that employees in france couldn't be bothered by this sort of thing so you know there are some local nuances and maybe the right to disconnect is, is an extreme one but something worth uh, considering as you look at your policy yeah that, that's good you know you have your policy you worked on enforcement now you want to see kind of the fruits of your labor you want to check to see if your policy is working because you know Paul to your earlier point the right one can be really good for business how do you think companies can really identify and track and use data specifically to kind of monitor strengthen their compliance and report out to stakeholders hey it's working you know it was worth the effort putting these policies together that's a great question. And I think the answer to, to most questions around data is first you have to collect it, right? Um, yeah. And I think yeah. that's that's the hard part for many companies, such as when you're giving them a user a device, making sure that they're accepting the responsibilities and the policy around that device. Or if you're updating your policy, you're getting reconfirmation from the user that they understand those policies. Collecting those data points is important, right? If you have users that aren't accepting the policy but are, have a wireless device, then maybe you're out of compliance, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then following through as you craft your policy and the rules and and, uh, regulations around how that device can be used, I think the first one comes to MDM compliance, I think is probably the one that's most common today because these devices are security threat if they get into the wrong hands. Um, So making sure you're doing integration, you have an integration set with your current MDM server to identify devices that are enrolled, not enrolled on the right operating system, um, and, and in doing that, business, businesses will, will really gain the insight they need on the devices that are accessing the data to make sure that they're secured. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, you can use things such as reporting on usage and charges to really help users and their management teams to ensure the devices are being used appropriately at the right times within the expected usage parameters. Um, and so one of the things we do a lot for our companies is set up these real-time alerts. That way, throughout your bill cycle, if a person exceeds what's considered company acceptable use in that period, they're getting real-time notifications letting them know, hey, you've kind of exceeded what we consider to be appropriate use. You may want to um, consider not using your device at the end of the cycle. That really, one, prevents the sticker shock of getting a large bill, but also make sure that your users are reminded of the policy and, and all that information is collected in our system, reported out to users and their managers. And then once the bill does come, you can see things like the roaming charges and the excess data overages that may have incurred or even equipment that was purchased out of policy, all things that show up. And and we really want to make sure that that information and data is getting out to the right people to make the right decisions and enforce that policy that way. Yeah, it sounds like it, you know. I'm hearing a lot about automation and the ability to kind of take what was probably imagine very manual process back in the day monitoring. Um, and now it's, you know, it's, it's pretty automated and it seems to be a lot more hands off than it used to be, which is great. So I think, you know, a strong 
device management policy, we all know, pays dividends. And at the end of the day, it's a great way actually to document and quantify what you're actually doing in your own role and department. So I think that's why a lot of people are leaning into it more now than kind of ever before. So a very relevant topic today, considering challenges around data security and shrinking budgets and supporting these work anywhere teams. So I really appreciate you guys joining me today. Um, It was a great, a great, a great session and, you know, have a great day. From all of us here at VMOX, thank you for listening. Remember, mobile victory can be yours. Just trust in the experts. We'll see you next time on the road to mobile victory. To learn more, visit us at vmox.com or follow us on LinkedIn.